This is Life in FM, the Good Shepherd Fargo Moorhead podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Whether this is your first time checking us out or if you're a regular listener, just know I'm grateful to have you here today. I'm Pastor Taylor, your host, and this week we're in week three of our new teaching series called What's Next with a focus on worship and an invitation for us to do it in many ways. This is Life in FM. Our preaching text today comes from Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Well, Good Shepherd, I'm wondering today, what is your go-to worship song? Was it written last week, a hundred years ago or more, probably somewhere in between? Maybe it's yet to be written, or maybe you'll write it. Well, worship isn't about being entertained. Music is enjoyable, and also a useful way for God's people to connect with God and each other. Where else can hundreds of voices come together in unison to proclaim truth, to grow in faith, to encounter God? Today we continue our journey through our next worship series, What's Next? We've encountered the Christmas story where Jesus came to be among humanity on earth, show us the way and ultimately take on our sin and brokenness so that we might experience new life. And it's in this new life that brings grace and hope, peace and love, and I pray some joy. Today is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. So maybe I'll pivot slightly from my opening question of what's your go-to worship song to how can you joyfully encounter the living God here and now? That's what God's inviting us into, and that's what the scriptures instruct us to do. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. For it is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, in sitting with members from many backgrounds and generations and hearing their faith stories, I've listened to people tell me things about themselves and the ways that they enjoy encountering God. One of the central things often is worship and music. Whether it's traditional or contemporary, blended, regular attendance in person, online, or the radio, or not so regular attendance here or anywhere. It always comes back to songs that they've sung that have made an impact. They like worship, or they didn't like worship. They like the music at their service, but they didn't like the music at the other services. Now this list goes on and on and on which isn't surprising because we are human. It's also not surprising because worship and the music within the worship service, it serves as a main connector for God and God's people. Now, it might be hard to believe, but worship wars exist. And I know there's strong preferences often for one style or another, but I actually believe we need both styles here at Good Shepherd. In fact, our styles are just a drop in the bucket for what worship, even Lutheran worship, looks like here in Fargo-Moorhead and around the world. 
Last year, I became certified in worship administration through Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama. I studied alongside Catholics and Baptists, Charismatics and the non-denominational types, and even more. In the midst of these classes, I found a deep appreciation for worship that was not Lutheran per se. It's not only spurred on a curiosity of learning from others' experiences, but also expanding on our traditional liturgy here, which was a refreshing return to my roots. But it also got me wondering about our own walls that we build, that not only limits our engagement to God because we prefer to sing certain songs, but also limits the diversity within our hymnals or up on the screen, and certainly diversity here in our pews. It's not to say that the songs we sing at this service are right and that our other services are wrong, though a few of you might think that. I hear you during the coffee hour. It's also not to say that we've got it all together while the church across town needs a worship reformation or vice versa. But it does mean that in our scope of worship, if it's only based on our own personal preferences or my preferences, we're missing out on what God has been and is still doing, not only throughout the world, but in our own backyard. We're missing a taste of what the kingdom of God will be like. Prepare yourself for some unfamiliar tunes because you'll be singing them forever in eternity. There won't be time for eye rolls or whispers. There will, however, be time for wrong notes and laughter as we worship alongside all God's children with a joyful noise. So what can we do? What's next? In this new year, I want to challenge you to expand your horizons on how you connect and worship God. Now, I'm a thematic worship planner, so I love picking songs that hit home the theme of the day. This means you might sing songs from time to time that are less familiar to you, but maybe very familiar for the family two pews behind you. As you learn the melody, think about the words that you're singing. Now, sometimes we go on autopilot when we only do the things that we're comfortable with. Sing out a new song. Ponder the author's experience. Learn something new. Let it set the space for you to authentically worship God. While my focus today is on a joyful noise, we also know the Psalms are filled with praises of lament. In all places and all seasons, we're still called to worship God. Sometimes we're just in need of a reforming of our own, a reset, which creates space for a real encounter that's messy and raw and real. Sometimes we need to be reminded that the word liturgy itself calls us to action and full participation, just as we are. For the word liturgy actually means the work of the people. We have so many beautiful music groups at Good Shepherd that I believe we have something for everyone. But I'll admit, as chief worship planner, that responsibility can get heavy sometimes. 3,000 members means 3,000 opinions, hopes, dreams, expectations about worship and everything else. And while I think our groups are in a really healthy place currently, there are times where a reformation has been needed to get us to this point in the life of our church. If you think my changes have been drastic, have I got a story for you. You may or may not be familiar with the song, The Heart of Worship. Now, this song dates back to the late 1990s, born from a period of apathy within Matt Redmond's church in Watford, England. Now, Redmond's a songwriter, and his congregation was struggling to find meaning in its musical outpouring at the time. He said this, There was a dynamic missing, so the pastor did a pretty brave thing, he recalls. He decided to get rid of the sound system and band for a season, and we gathered together with just our voices. 
His point was that we'd lost our way in worship, and the way to get back to the heart of worship would be to strip everything away. Now, reminding this church family to be producers in worship, not just consumers, the pastor asked, when you come through the doors on a Sunday, what are you bringing as your offering to God? Matt says the question initially led to some embarrassing silence, but eventually people broke into a cappella songs and heartfelt prayers, encountering God in a fresh way. He said this, before long we reintroduced the musicians and sound system as we gained a new perspective that worship is all about Jesus. And he commands a response to the depths of our souls, no matter what the circumstances and setting. The heart of worship simply describes what occurred. Now, Redmond remembers writing the song quickly in his bedroom soon after the church's journey together, with no grand intentions by any means for it to become this international hit. Now, he viewed the word simply as his personal, subjective response to what he was learning about in worship. But when Matt shared the heart of worship with his pastor, the pastor actually suggested making a few small adjustments to the lyrics so that any member of the church would be able to relate to it as well. Because remember, worship is about more than ourselves. It's all about the people. Amazed by how God has since taken this song around the world for his purposes, the songwriter smiles in regard to his own lack of foresight. It nearly didn't go any further than my bedroom. Now, as a songwriter, I know how hard it is to write any song, let alone one that makes an impact. I'm grateful that he wrote these words 25 years ago. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. No band, no organ, no problem. What's next? A continued reforming of the way that we worship? Well, I love singing the third verse of Beautiful Savior a cappella. Don't worry, I'm not switching up our worship styles that you've known to come and love. But I am going to reframe the who, what, where, when, and why of the worship that we do here at Good Shepherd. The truth is, we're imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. And my prayer is that as a large congregation with three services that have their own taste of what the kingdom of heaven looks like, we can keep focused on our unifying mission and keep finding ways to learn from and grow alongside each other as we worship. I want to challenge you to attend another service than you normally attend with a sense of curiosity and support rather than simply sticking to your preferences or what's comfortable. And to keep in mind with what the book of Colossians says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, 
do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So Good Shepherd, what's next? I implore you to journey toward the heart of worship, where it's about more than singing songs of old or new, but authentically encountering Jesus. That's what this is all about. When we do this, whether in a season of praise or lament, we can encounter God fully. And it's when we're in this authentic presence that we individually and as a church can faithfully live out our faith together here in this space and in the world that God created and loves. It's all about you, Jesus. May it be so now and forevermore. Amen. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, check back weekly for new content, and if you'd like to support this important ministry of Good Shepherd, you can go to our website, knowthegoodshepherd.org giving for a one-time or recurring gift, or you can text a dollar amount to the number 84321. Thanks for being a part of the community here at Good Shepherd. This is Life in FM.